and welcome to Cameo Lessons Learned About King Rolor, where we talk provider to provider about the clinical application of the drug King Rolor. I'm your host, Jennifer Reimer, the principal investigator behind the Cameo Registry Analysis and an assistant professor at the Duke University School of Medicine. This podcast is funded by Kiesi, an international research-focused pharmaceutical company and healthcare group. The learning objectives for this episode are to discuss research from the Cameo Registry and learn how clinicians are using Kangrelor to help patients with acute myocardial infarction who have been pretreated with a P2Y12 inhibitor. To learn about findings from the switching antiplatelet therapy 5, otherwise known as the SWAP 5 study, and to discuss and understand the safety of treating patients with Kangrelor doses after they have received an upstream P2Y12 inhibitor. Hi, everyone. Today, we're here with Dominic Angiolillo as our guest on the Cameo podcast. This is session number two. Dr. Angiolillo is professor in chief of the Division of Cardiology, the medical director at the University of Florida Health Cardiovascular Center in Jacksonville. He's also the medical director of the Cardiovascular Research Program and the program director of the Interventional Cardiology Fellowship. He is a well-known researcher and renowned clinical trialist. Um, and we're going to have him here today to discuss a little bit about the latest research from the Cameo Registry. Dominic, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jen. All right. So maybe I'll start off in our conversation and just briefly discuss what the Cameo Registry set out to do. As you know, Dominic, the Cameo Registry is a quality improvement registry meant to examine the utilization patterns of Kangrelor in various centers around the United States. So in 12 centers around the United States that are diverse both geographically and in terms of the profile, both community hospitals, large academic tertiary care centers, and really looking at how we're using Kangrelor in our patients with acute myocardial infarction, how we're transitioning these patients to oral P2Y12 inhibitors, and what we can ultimately do to improve the care of patients with acute myocardial infarction that may have Kangrelor used at some point during or after their PCI procedure. So in the last Cameo podcast session, we talked a little bit about some of the early learnings from the registry, in particular, some of the issues around delayed transition or inappropriate transition to an oral P2Y12 inhibitor. Today, I'm very excited to talk about some of our more recent work. So Dominic, as you know, there's many patients out there that come to us in the cath lab with an acute myocardial infarction. They may have gotten loaded with an oral P2Y12 inhibitor minutes before they come up to the cath lab urgently. They may be in cardiogenic shock. They may be intubated, may have many, many reasons why we would be concerned that they have not adequately had enough time to have platelet inhibition from their oral loading. And so there may be instances when these patients need Kangrelor even with upstream oral P2Y12 inhibitor loading. And so one of the studies that I've been really fascinated that's uh, recently published has been the SWAP5 study. And I know that you were very involved with the study, and I was hoping you could talk to us a little bit about the findings. Thanks, Jen. And yes, you are correct. Uh, We do have a number of patients who come in with an acute event who have been pretreated with an oral P2Y12 inhibitor. 
And as we all know, the vast majority of these patients will not have achieved adequate platelet inhibition by the time they come to the cat lab. Hence, uh, the need for more aggressive and more prompt platelet inhibition. And this is where kangaroo comes in. But we also know that this is not the way the drug has been studied, and this is not within the product label. So then the question becomes, can we give Kangrelor to these patients? And this is essentially what we investigated in the SWAP5 study, more specifically looking at those patients who have been pre-treated with Ticagrelor. <laughs> and I make this very specific because not all oral P2Y12 inhibitors are created equal. And maybe we can discuss about this later on. So this was a prospective randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study. Now, this was not in the context of patients undergoing PCI because it was a proof of concept. We need to make sure that the strategy actually works before testing it in an acute setting. And subjects were pre-treated one hour prior to starting Kangalore. They were pre-treated with Ticagalor. And what we observed was kind of exactly what you said, that the oral drug takes some time to kick in. When we start Kangalore, the drug exerts its effects, as we know, within minutes. But the nice thing, and which was the scope of the study, we know that adding Kangalore on top of a P2Y12 inhibitor, you're going to knock out your platelets, right? Because the drug goes and occupies those receptors that have not been blocked by the oral P2Y12 agent. The key concern that we have with Kangalore, which we ruled out in this specific study, is that once we stop Kangalore infusion, there are no signs of drug-drug interaction. In other words, the level of platelet inhibition achieved in the active arm versus the placebo arm after four hours, they were the same. So no signs of drug-drug interaction. So that's critical. It's critical because we know that when we use another class of oral P2I12 inhibitor, in other words, the tenopyridines, clopidoprasugrel, this drug-drug interaction can occur. Her. Why these differences? Well, it's all related to the pharmacology of Ticagrelor. Ticagrelor, as we know, has a circulating half-life, which is around 8, 10 to 12 hours. That's both for the parent drug as well as its major metabolite. So if the drug does not bind to the receptor, it's circulating. And as long as the infusion of Kangalore does not exceed this half-life, and typically the duration of fusion of Kangalore is two to four hours, once Kangalore is stopped, Remember, Kangol has a very short half-life. It's just five, six minutes. The circulating drug, in this case, Ticagrelor, can bind to the P2Y12 receptor. So there's no drug-drug interaction. So this is a take-home message from this specific study, that if you have a patient who was pretreated with Ticagrelor and you give Kangalor, you achieve immediate platelet inhibition. And if you fall within that window, now we studied for up to four hours, but if you fall in that eight to 12-hour window, which is the half-life of the drug, there shouldn't be any concerns about drug-drug interactions. Very, very different concept with the tenopyridines. And we just recently completed the SWAP6 study, trying to look at a similar concept. We will be presenting this data at the upcoming meeting at the European Society of Cardiology in Amsterdam. That's fascinating. So you're alluding to the fact that not all P2Y12 inhibitors are created equal. And I'm assuming SWAP6 will now look at one of the other P2Y12 inhibitors and their interaction with a Kangrelor when given upstream. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's more specifically with Prasugrel, but rather than upstream, we are giving it in the lab at the time of start of PCI. And we did that because we know that upstream Prasugrel, without knowing coronary anatomy, is a class three. 
So we try to, to resemble what we would do in clinical practice, which is give prasugrel in the cath lab. We know that giving an oral agent such as prasugrel or clopidogrel at the end of the cangular infusion, so for example, when the patient is in the CCU, not really something that convenient, right? At least I don't like the patient to leave the lab without knowing that the patient is not taking their oral agent. And we've all experienced, particularly you know, during COVID, short staff, whatnot, in the middle of the night, who knows what goes on. The nursing staff can forget. They may be swamped with another patient. And so we don't want that gap. So we said to ourselves, well, let's do the trial. This, again, is a pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic study, very, very detailed, where we randomized patients into three groups. Uh, we had the control arm, which was just prasugrel alone. We given at the start of PCI. Then we have the arm that we, according to FDA label, in other words, give Kangaroo at the start of PCI and give them Prasugrel at the end of the infusion. And then we have the experimental arm, which is giving Prasugrel and Kangaroo at the same time at the start of the infusion. And the goal is not only to look at what happens with the addition of Kangaroo, one obviously would expect immediate and potent platelet inhibition, but really what happens afterwards, like when you, once you stop Kangaroo, do you have enough circulating active metabolite of Prasugrel which instead has a short half-life, to guarantee adequate platelet inhibition by the time you stop cangular infusion. So we did both PK and PD. These are pretty complex studies to do. Now, this was in the setting of PCI. Uh, I cannot disclose the results, but they will be presented at the ESC. Sure, that sounds really fascinating. One of the things that we highlighted, and I think you're alluding to this, is you don't like to let the patient leave the lab without having their oral PTY12 inhibitor, because as we showed in our early paper, there can often be hours of gaps between the end of the or infusion with a very short half-life and when they're getting loaded if they leave the lab. And so how nice to be able to show the safety of some of these upstream loading doses with the or given, and that sort of takes off that concern about what to do at the end of the procedure with the patients. That's really excellent. I'll be looking forward to the ESC findings. You're listening to Cameo Lessons Learned about Kangralore. We'll be back after this break. To move on to highlight, I think, some of our more recent work within the, the Cameo registry. So based on your work, Dominic, we really wanted to then say, well, what happens in a real world setting? You know, as you've been a participant within this, this registry and put in many of your patients with MI at the University of Florida, we included about 1,800 kangaroo treated MI patients. And we wanted to ask the question, well, what happens in these or treated MI patients if they've got an upstream oral P2Y12 inhibitor, meaning they got it within 24 hours of cath or PCI or are in hospital prior to PCI? And we were specifically worried, and as you and I probably both worry about, the bleeding risk. Now you have an oral P2Y12 inhibitor upstream in addition to, to a or infusion and bolus. Are these patients more likely to bleed? And we actually showed that there was no difference in rates of bleeding among or treated patients with and without upstream oral P2Y12 inhibitor exposure. And this was after adjustment for a priori selected clinical variables. You know, and then we went on even further and we said, what about if they get the upstream dose, you know, less than one hour prior to or one to three hours or greater than three hours? Is there any difference thinking maybe 
certain patients, if they get it within a certain time frame of the King rule, they're more likely to bleed. And again, we showed no difference within those, those various time periods between when the upstream load was given and the King rule was given. And in fact, we did not show any difference with the type of P2Y12 inhibitor given upstream or whether they had a non-STEMI or STEMI and their bleeding risk. You know, looking through all of these factors, does this data surprise you? What are your initial thoughts about it? And how do you think this growing body of, of literature that you have generated, that we've generated through the registry, how is this potentially going to change how you practice with your, your patients coming to the cath lab? To answer your first question, am I surprised? The answer is no. I'm not surprised because uh, I'm pretty familiar with the overall safety profile of Kangalore as a drug. It's a very, very safe drug. We know that because of its very rapid offset of effects, the drug really is having its action when you need it, which is in the cath lab when you're inflating that balloon, putting it in a stent. So it's pretty limited in time, right? And so you're not having those potent platelet inhibitory effects that are extended over time, like we may see with a 2B3 inhibitor, right? In addition, uh, we know that compared to, for example, 2B3 inhibitor, we are targeting specifically and selectively the P2Y12 receptor, while with the 2B3 inhibitors, we have a blockade of the final common pathway leading to platelet aggregation. There's more profound inhibition of thrombosis and other impacts on thrombosis overall. So having said that, I am not surprised. Now, how will this affect my practice? I do believe that, you know, all of us in the cannabis steering committee were pretty surprised on how non-uniform the use of cannabis is in clinical practice, or better off, how not in line with how the clinical trial that led to its approval, the Phoenix trial, was. I mean, it's just almost night and day. I still believe that we should be using the drug as it is intended to be used with the understanding that there are scenarios where we are using it in a different context and the data from Cameo do provide us as well as studies like SWAP5 provide us with some reassurance on the safety if we deviate from the product label. Now, will the results of uh, Swap5 or Cameo be sufficient to have an impact on the product label? I don't know. I don't think so. But again, I don't represent the agency. I do believe, however, that there could be a potential impact overseas where they're still pretty stringent with the timing of Tagagalor administration, uh, which needs to be reserved towards the end, 30 minutes prior to the end of infusion or at the end of the infusion. That, in my opinion, doesn't make a lot of sense given the pharmacology of the drug and given the fact that the U.S. label is somewhat different. Again, impact on my clinical practice, I think it provides reassuring data. I'm not going to deviate from my clinical practice, but for whatever reason, I find myself in that situation. It does provide reassurance. It's a great summary. Thank you. You know, I think now that we have a lot of increasing data with this particular question, I think the other question that really remains around kangaroo or use is in the population of patients with cardiogenic shock. And so, as you know, we are now gathering data on our patients with cardiogenic shock, our patients that have undergone, quote-unquote, high-risk PCI or, or the high-risk patient undergoing PCI in the setting of an AMI. And so we're specifically looking at how Kangrelor is used in those patients in terms of longer duration of infusion. Currently, the 
package dose labeling would suggest you know, two hours or the, the duration of the PCI for Kingrelor use. But as you and I know, there's, there's many patients where in various scenarios for both bridging or, or in the setting of shock, when there's poor gut absorption, we're needing longer infusions. So I, I want to highlight that as upcoming work within the registry. And in our next podcast series, we'll touch upon cardiogenic shock and, and a lot of the outcomes that we're looking at in these patients that present in shock or after cardiac arrest or in those high-risk patients and, and how Kingrelor is being used around the U.S. in that patient population. Dr. Angelillo, thank you so much for, for joining us today. This was a great conversation. I look forward to reading this upcoming paper from the, the Cameo Registry in print very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We hope you found this episode informative. You can obtain CME credit for listening to this episode via the Duke Continuing Educational website. Visit the Duke One Link Continuing Education website and search for Cameo in the Find a Course field. See you next time here on Cameo Lessons Learned About Kangaroo Lore.